Hey, did you know that the Crunch, one of their cards for the Catholic card game, says listening to Catching Foxes makes me feel better about myself? Mm-hmm. That is hysterical. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Man, they they did such a good job of the game and some of those Crunch cards. Whoa, you are such a suck up. What are you talking about? I'm not. A... <laughs> I I am. Okay, okay. Let's call it spade a spade. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's okay. We crush them and download. It's fine. No, I'm just kidding. Love those guys. I'm, I'm excited to see them. Are we going to see them at Seek? I think so. Yeah. I believe we so. We better. We better. I'll be pissed. Not really. I will be angry. <laughs> I'll make it through okay without seeing them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I'll be fine. I can take her to leave it. So I, I tweeted today an article that I saw that just blew me away. Sister Margaret Mary and Sister Lana who both retired this year from St. James Catholic School in Torrance, are alleged to have misappropriated nearly $500,000 from the school. They are suspected of using the money for gambling, trips, and other personal expenses. Catholicism! Nuns! You are our last hope! You are our last hope, nuns! And then uh, Brandon just responded, <laughs> well, there goes my pitch for the Catching Foxes movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to start off as a TV show on AMC, six seasons, then the movie, Brandon. That's how it goes. That's Those are the rules. <laughs> Them's the rules, fellas. Them's the rules. Ah, uh, yeah. It's just crazy. Everything is burning. Isn't it weird how that, like, is the, like, oh, yeah, sure, of course. Like any other time in our lives, they'd be like, holy shit, none, half a billion dollars. Now it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, was it a million? Yeah. yeah now we're like, is that all? Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, no, I mean, I guess that's important. <laughs> oh, the world is veiled in darkness, Luke. The world's a vampire. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. We need to make. Okay, let's let's come up. What are some catching foxes paraphernalia that you think that are absurd enough that mean you should sell? I mean, because you can get your pints with Aquinas, uh, nothing but you, oh Lord, T-shirt, like so pious, Mafrat, so pious. We get like, it. Yes. better than us. You can wear <laughs> we, cool V-necks still. <laughs> we get it. You have the oh that Australian accent still does things to me after all these. You years. have all but, your hair. Uh, and, uh, oh man, now I have to join you in that sorrow. Yep. Oh. I've been waiting 17 years for this. I've been waiting for this moment for half my life. Goodbye, hair. Man, Phil Collins. Phil Collins is just like right there in the fields. No, we are still talking about Matt Frag. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yes. Anyways. No. So well, imagine. So me and you are going to share a table at Seek with Matt Frad. He's being super generous. Wait, we are? Yes. Didn't I tell you that? No. Hey, Luke, we're going to share a table with we Matt Frad. We are the worst at communicating. How is this successful? Well, look, because every... <laughs> because the I only time we... Really quick. I saw an email. I was like, crap, I haven't gotten back to this one email. And I felt bad. And then I saw the date from when they sent it to the date when you responded. And it had been like eight days. I was like, oh, okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, man. I, don't, I, ne- I never make promises that I'll get back immediately to emails. Every email I send to you is either one of two things. Either, A, I'm just divvying them up and you got to answer one. Or, <laughs> or the other one is, hey, Luke, here's an FYI. I want you to know that I responded. But, no, they're literally, literally. It's not you responding that you're telling me to respond to them. 
Yeah. So literally what I do. So for those of you who send us email, and we do encourage you to send us email. We get a lot of it. But for those of you who do, just realize there's like one day a week where I stay up at night or if I can during the day, and I will just walk through the list and try to send people as many emails as I can get. I get a mixture. It's really weird because with catching foxes and my lay evangelist stuff kind of all coming into the same email, I um, I get people that are like, hey, love the show. Will you want to do a parish mission? And I totally lose track of those. So I have to make a point to like walk down my emails and be like, yes, I would like to get money. Thank you for saying thank you, but let me do an event for you. Ugh. It's six months gonna... later. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just getting around to this. Don't know how I missed it. That's what I say to every email that I'm late on. <laughs> oh, don't know how I missed it. Oh, Actually, I, it's been a crazy week. Know. It's been a crazy 18 days. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies. Okay, so we're sharing a table. I'm going to start again. I, I want this to become a thing where we just start calling um, Matt Frad Frad. So, uh, yeah, with Frad. Frad. Fratty boy? Yeah. So we're going to share a table with with fratty boy that's awesome <laughs> so he got a table and it's like it's like main line right in the exhibition area and he's like we can have a corner of his table so i will hand out handful whatever stickers we have left after i do the great mail out uh, today and tomorrow um whatever stickers i have left we will bring or i will buy new ones I'm yeah yeah what i'm excited just... luke i can't i, I we're gonna be at seek yeah, we're going to we be at it. Seek. We're number we one. It. We're number one. We're an influencer, Luke. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys don't know, we're a Seek influencer. We're very happy to be there. We're going to be doing a live podcast on Friday uh, around 530, apparently right by where everyone's going to be going to grab food so you can come and see us do a live show. We might have a guest. I need to double check with them and see what's going on with that. Uh, I'm excited about it, man. I'm excited. So come to Seek. Hashtag Seek Influencer. <laughs> we're supposed to talk about it at least once on the podcast beforehand yeah and then twice after right fulfilling con- contractual obligations um i think it's like twice before we have to do two social media posts before and then one during and then one after and record one episode that's released there okay okay and they're gonna I think provide we... all the equipment which is so awesome i don't have to lug that stuff around <sighs> i know <sighs> uh. We're going to use Matt Fratt's stuff to record on, on, on our own. That's what I'm the most excited about is our Airbnb. <laughs> just, uh, I want it to be like the podcast hangout place. Well, we're no, not going to call it Vows and Balthazar. <laughs> no, that's, I'm coming from the Vows and Balthazar studio, man. Well, what is my studio? Should I give it a name? Uh, the, oh my gosh, I pantsied and, and hung up the phone when I called Allison or McIntyre when I finished my graduate paper. Whole studio shit. I totally forgot I did that. Right? Luke, that is hysterical. I totally forgot. I called my academic hero and then hung up the phone like (laughs) a like a pubescent boy (laughs) calling his eighth grade crush. Oh my goodness, that is hysterical. Hello? Is he still alive? Uh yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Luke, that is hysterical. Right. Uh, you know, I'm really bummed. A, a priest that I wanted to talk to died. A former priest. I guess, you know, one mm. priest, always a priest. But Charles Curran. Good old Chuck Curran. He I was down at it. He's the guy that dissented from the Catholic Church with Humane Vitae. And uh, weird dude. Weird dude. All right. Just a weird dude. But uh, Southern Methodist University, I think. 
hired him, SMU. Yeah. And uh, he would occasionally come to these Catholic things. And uh, it was fascinating because one of the guys uh, would talk with him afterwards. And he's like, you need to meet my buddy Gomer. I think you guys would have a very interesting conversation. He's like, well, whatever. (laughs) I would love to have talked with him. Hmm. I would like to get on Gordon Wood. I think he's still alive. What is that? He's the historian guy. He's a brown. I wonder if he's alive still. Did you literally say the phrase, I would like, like to get on Gordon Wood? No, I said I'd like to get Gordon Wood. Scandal. Luke, how's it going, man? Good. It's nice to just like shoot the shit with you for a bit. I know. We never get to do that anymore. Yeah, we don't get to do Bring that back the John Boy and Billy BS. Bring it back. Yeah, bring it back. Bring it back. We're going to bring it back here. Um, there's a quote that I heard that really hit me. It said, uh, I don't believe in God anymore, but I miss him. Yeah. I thought that was just really interesting. What was that from? I've heard that before. Uh, it's It was attributed to some author. I don't know. Derek Webb uh, liked it on Twitter. So it, uh, it, it it showed it to me, and I and I, um, I I know and I, like we've talked about this before, but I I just wonder like people who stop believing in God, and I certainly have like had my moments where I wanted to, or or just even um recently there are times when I'm like you know do I like with church work it's so easy to get burnt out, and especially when like your prayer life goes to hell or you just hit like a dry spot, it can get really difficult. And there are times when I've just felt like man I just miss God. I miss having a relationship with God that's devoid, that's outside of my work. Yeah. Because sometimes it feels like so much in the context of that. And there's, there's like really hard struggle to keep it like outside of my job or outside, or even, or even yeah. like outside of the podcast, you know, just out, just like this thing that just like this intimate relationship is supposed to be the most important one in, in like, in, um, in my life. And it kind of like hit me a bit of like, I think I, got that because there have been times when i felt like a distant from god and i think i've experienced that this thing where i'm like man i'm not in i have like no relationship with god i don't feel a desire to have one i'm in a really tough spot but i do miss having that okay you know and there are times where i like work where it's like i also sometimes just like miss there are times like i just wish that my relationship with god could be devoid of like this stuff right here because it's it feels like it's getting in the way almost would you quit it if it was getting in the way yes yeah ultimately i would would you quit your job if it was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i came to that realization this past this past weekend <laughs> i came to that realization a long time ago scrub <laughs> no just that uh yeah just kind of i mean would you I mean, I would like to say yes. Like, uh, you know, I, I can tell you a lot of church people who, when you see how the sausage is made, you kind of go mm-hmm. vegan. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah. But some people, um, it's a job. You know, they're kind of, they feel locked in, trapped. So, you know, that kind of going to that point that you said on the last episode, if you're not creative, then get out. Or you're not making waves, get out of the diocese kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you can imagine that people who don't want to make waves are people who, uh, just accept the fact that their faith life has deteriorated. I don't know. I, you know, I have ups and downs in my spiritual life, moral life, all that stuff. But I, I love God and I fear God. And there are some things that I think happen to someone who sins like a Christian, meaning like, I'm sorry, like I know it's wrong. 
But there's that whole other category of people who, St. Paul says, they not only do evil, but give approval to those who do it. Like when you go to the priest, like I've heard so many stories about this, and Abigail shared with us, shared with us hers, of you go to uh, confession and the priest says, that's not a sin. Mm, you know? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they not only do evil, they give approval to those who practice it. And you're like, oh, no. It's not I, how this works. Yeah. Uh, like I've never been like that. Like I've done evil, but I've never, you know, knowingly, willingly given approval to evil. As far as I am aware, you know, like I try my very best to cultivate charity and love and, you know, a right understanding of the natural law and God's presence and, you know, all that, all that stuff that makes up Christian morality. I could never imagine deliberately lying to people. I mean, I've lost friends. We all talk about that. But to have a priest in the confessional be like, nah, not a sin, move on. Yeah, I I have some hard times. I, that's something I still just, I don't know. Like, how does one get to that point? Or, or, or I mean, is, is yeah. a person always there? You know, and like, why didn't God intervene? In the life of the priest? Yeah, I, I just wonder, like, how, like, honestly, I, I probably have, like, I can, in a weird way, I can understand the Holocaust because just of, like, the just the complete depravity. Like, that makes sense. I mean, it... it so, you, okay, like, so let me, let me see if I understand what you're saying. And you, you could understand how something as horrific as the Holocaust could come about. Because it's like the end of a long line of like things, like the Weimar Republic completely collapsing, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, unemployment, all this stuff, this messianic figure, the rise of radio allowing his addresses to go forward into the hinterland, like all of these things coalescing in. No, what really screwed us over is this group of people. Let's kill that group of people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we've already like, marginalized them. Now it's just let's snuff them out kind of thing. That's that, what you mean? Like, Yes, like, like that makes sense. Of like that's um, that that's how Anglo modernism ends. That makes sense, especially in the context of like uh, geopolitical politics of the nineteenth century and their yeah. you know early twentieth century. It makes on the sense that it falls apart with like a world war than a cold war. Yeah, like that makes total. I mean, again, I don't like it's horrible and it's horrific, but it's not something that. Like it's 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 almost kind of like if you really take a look at the first world war, of course that happens. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's still like mind blowing yeah. that it happened the way that it happens and like what it takes for it to get to that point. But it's still kind of like, or how the or how the second world war, like just how the French fought in certain ways, like especially in the beginning, it's like man, if they just changed a few things, this really would have happened. Anyways, like yeah. it it makes and then how like Hitler. Um, just like complete um like just lack of god you know and in fact like an like an active disregard for god and for morality and goodness and just like just the depravity that had been going on and like man's search for answers turning in and of himself to make man the god you know the savior of everything like of course, it ends like that. It ends with this idea of like the Superman being the Nazi, you know, yeah, whatever. So I, I forget what I forget what, um, what they called that, but like the ideal, um, the ideal 
German. Um, the Ubermensch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like that all. I mean, I can like I can trace that back. I can see all of like the thoughts and all of the history and all the wars and or, or actually the lack thereof that leads to that. Yeah. What I have and like how again God being totally absent and I mean, it was it was honestly like I think I talked about this before. It was like a supernatural thing that like helped me kind of see where God was in that. How I was at Auschwitz. I was at Auschwitz too at Birkenau, and I was so overwhelmed by it. And then I saw a group from Israel there, and I was just like, "Good one." Like the Lord really just like because I was just like kind of crying out in prayer, like where, like what the hell was this? And just seeing the Israeli flag and a group of Jewish people there was like, okay, like evil didn't win, you know. Ultimately, yeah. that was a really unmoving ex- experience. So I think there's 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 also that. But what I what I kind of going back to our point, what I what I have a hard time with is someone who's supposed to be who's doing this almost radical commitment for the Lord. How does God let that person become so depraved, especially as it relates to his sheep? Yeah. Like, and like the act of like leading of his sheep. I, at sometimes I'm just like, why did, why does God allow this? Cause to me, that's almost more, it's kind of goes back to the, um, the C.S. Lewis idea that like a war is that if, if you're a demon is what you don't want because people like tend to like see God and like they, they tend to cling to God more during times of like, Horrificness yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 But when you see that, it's like, it's what? It's they flee the church. They flee God. They flee religion. They flee because here's your representative and look at all the evil he's doing. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And it's like what the damage that they do is way more catastrophic in my mind than. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and this is, I mean, obviously there's context for all of this, but I think. Someone like that could actually be more dangerous. If you're talking about like this, like e- eternity, to me, a false teacher is so dangerous. Yeah, in so many ways, especially one who's like you know disguised as the shepherd. Yeah, a wolf in or, sheep's or, clothing. Or, yeah, a wolf in shepherd's clothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the wolf in they shepherd's think they're clothing. the shepherd. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, some of this in scripture wise, so I'm taking the, the Bible timeline from Ascension Press, right? Jeff Caven's doing his thing. And uh, there was, uh, you know, you're going through the Old Testament and you have the story of the rise of the prophet Samuel. And the dude in the temple, Eli, his sons were so evil, but they were the priests that ran the temple with their dad. And. They would abuse the women at the entrance of the temple, and they would take unjustly from the, the sacrifices and all this stuff. And it's like, what is happening? And there's the out. And, and here's the funny thing: there was the outcry of the people. There was a a chastisement by the father Eli. Stop doing this! Stop it! Stop it! No. But but nothing other than that, right? He's like, you're sinning, people. You're turning the people against you. They don't care. So then God killed all three of them. Mm. but you kind of would hope that God would do that killing part earlier on and not let uh, all the people suffer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, not that I'm for genocide, but <laughs> no, sorry, not that that is genocide <laughs> yeah. uh, or murder, but um, point taken. Yeah. like When does a sin become so grievous 
that you would be okay with God smoting them to prevent them from doing that sin? Uh, I mean, because if we're here to say, let's get rid of evil, we all going to die. Uh, look, look beneath the floorboards to see the, uh, how does the line go? Look beneath the floorboards to see the secrets that I have hid. That's a Sistuthion Stevens song about John, uh, like John Macy. Gosh, I forget his name. Have you heard that song? I think I'm thinking of Macy Gray. No, 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 no. Okay. This song is amazing. Oh. <laughs> no, you dumbass. Um, <laughs> no, sorry. John Wayne uh, Gacy Jr. It's, it is a song about the guy who dressed up as a clown and killed a bunch of boys. Right, which is horrific. Oh, yeah. Like one of the worst. I mean, just shit, shit. And there, I just dropped the vinyl album on the floor. <laughs> if you had a CD, you could hold it with your hand. I know, right? If only I was in the tapes. Um. <laughs> oh, Luke, what do you think about this podcast? So you you got some uh, Patreon questions, eh? We do. Yeah, we do. We do. You, you want to talk about it or just ignore them? Eh, no, let's do it. Well, Because these are the $30 ones. So we have to. Again, these are from our people on Patreon who give us, incredibly, this is amazing, $30 or a more month. a month. So Whoa. thank you again. Uh, Patreon.com slash CF. That helps pay for the stuff that we do, and it helps us uh, keep this going. Uh, we would not be able to do this, I think, oh, without that. So thank you, guys. Um, this is from John. If you each had a spirit animal, what would it be and why? A spirit animal. So we're going full Native American. Hmm. I have no freaking clue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nope, Luke, nope. Nope, I'm nope, not. Sorry. I'm not. I'm not joining you in your cultural appropriation. <laughs> I just okay. like those songs. I think they sound cool. Indian <laughs> chance. I like their holy stuff. That they probably get mad when people like me say it. Yep. Um, what sucks is my, is that the song from Peter Pan gets stuck in my head when I. Hear the song. <laughs> That's like the worst. It's the the worst. I know it's the worst one. It's Forget like, about oh blackface. You seen red face? <laughs> yeah, Peter Pan. Teach him, pale face brother, all about red man. Oh my gosh, that came out when my parents were born. Um, <laughs> my dad can recall in North Carolina seeing a colored only's water fountain. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that all went down with my parents too. But my I mean, my parents were in. They were born in 1949 and 47. So yeah. So yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny how like not how like far removed we feel from that but how far removed we're not really i mean really, i know that's very true make peter pan keep big chief you now little flying eagle what if we just like had a like a sign at matt frad's booth that, that just said um um catching foxes hello five cents in the little jar <laughs> <laughs> And we just have like a figure like cut out of Michael Boris just like with like a fake wig on top, just like tossle the hair. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> we get kicked out. Um That's a good point. Influencer. <laughs> Seek 2019 hashtag. Uh, okay. If you each had a spirit animal, what would it be and why? Um uh, okay, I'm gonna be honest here. I probably wish it wasn't this. That's probably a panda. No. Um <laughs> Kung Fu Panda or a different kind of panda? Yeah, no, particularly Kung Fu Panda. When I was in the dorm uh, and they would have commercials for that film, all the kids would go, <laughs> oh, it's a kid, it's you. 
like, <laughs> it would all be like, but the cat, but the cat. Like, oh no, kids, I'm a little overweight right now. It's a phase going through. <laughs> then I lost phase. it all. It's called my twenties. <laughs> it's called Luke from being 25 to 30. Uh, gained a lot, lost it, gained it back, lost it, gained gained it back again. <laughs> my poor body. And my poor, 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 poor insulin resistance. Anytime I get a, a like blood test, on, I'm like, still not diabetic, huh? Weird. I had four donuts the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I I tried to deliberately shock my insulin level. How's this happening? Nothing, Nothing huh? Wow. Really? If I were, if I, <laughs> if I ain't near the normal ratio of sugar, I, uh, <laughs> I'd be really healthy. I might be a bodybuilder on accident. My gosh. <laughs> Do you mean it's not genetic? That's the weirdest thing. <laughs> Um, okay, so I don't know. I don't know what my spirit animal would be, man. Mine would be one of those flying turtles from the Super Mario Brothers. Bam. Yeah, that makes sense. You know I why? Because we'll... Dems got wings, and they hide. So I love theology, but I also am passive-aggressive. <laughs> so, you know, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, which characters from The Office would you each be, including your wives? You can't pick the same people. Go. Man, I think it's unfortunate, but I think I would be Michael Scott and Shannon would be Jan Levinson Gould. Yes, that's really true. That's really true. Number one, my wife records as making love and shows it to her therapist the next day. (laughs) And they both critique my performance. So I got that going for me. Uh, (laughs) I'm thinning out like Michael Scott in season one, but not in the other seasons magically. She does have an executive assistant named Hunter as as well. So there's mm-hmm. that. He's in a band, and the band's going to make it. Took me by the hand, made me a man. That's such like a mid-2000s song. Sure was, Lukey. It's like, he's copying How We Day. Okay, so I would probably be Michael Scott as well. True story. Um, I already said it. You can't. We can't. Okay. Uh, but can I tell you why I would be Michael yes. Scott? So there's this joke. That where Pam goes, we started out. So it was about her. Her she goes at my last performance review. We started out by like Michael asking me what my hopes and dreams were, and ended with him telling me I could bench 190 pounds. And one time when I was meeting with my admin, we ended up just going through Facebook looking at pictures of my old girlfriends. (laughs) Oh man! And I was like. And I actually told uh, Maggie Smith about that, who we had on a while ago. And she goes, that is the most Luke Carey thing ever. And that's when I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm Michael Scott. <laughs> that is so funny. That is a Michael <laughs> Scott move. Right. That was I the wish... when I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, why, why, why are we do- I don't know how we got to that. I have no idea. Like, everyone wants to be Jim and Pam, right? Like, oh, we're mm-hmm. like the hopeless romantic and, you know, all that, you know, because they're the loving couple. But that's not. Like, I want that to be me. I'd like that to be me. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's Jim and Pam season seven. <laughs> you know, like, super awkward Jim and Pam. Always make the wrong move, Jim and Pam. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what my spirit animal would say about that. I don't know who Aaron would be. I feel like Aaron would probably be a mix between... Who's the girl that uh, Jim dates for a bit and then she leaves? Um, oh, Washington yeah. What's Jones, her name? Whatever. Rich, Rich, yeah, she did Parks and Rec. Oh, it is Karen, right? 
Okay, yeah, I think so. Karen. Mm. I think Aaron's a weird mix between Karen and a little bit of Angela. A little bit of Angela. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, all right. Are you ready for some theology ones? Yes. Let's do it. How do you respond when a priest refers to God as father, mother, exactly like that in one breath? Father, mother. God, the father, mother. How would you respond as a, like a parishioner? Uh, like, like what's our response to that? What's our feelings about that? Yeah. Ooh. Is that the whole question or is there, is it, is there more? Uh, there are more, but this, there Other are questions? Uh, four separate questions. To me, it's just hopeless PC language that is, it, it ruins its own referent. Like, the whole point of the fatherhood of God is he is the principal origin of being. He's not both genders, right? He's not supposed to, the language of father is grafted onto our human language, but that's the language that God chose to reveal in his, is his innermost self. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes to everything as in the fecundity of God and all that stuff. And so it's just pure PC. You're just trying to be PC. It tells you nothing more about the mystery of God to call him father, mother. Um, I don't disagree with you. I'm not going to push. I, I'm, I'm going to push back. A, I'm going to put the devil's advocates. Probably a better way to put this. Um, okay. What about when Christ as God? Um, this is going to sound weird, but okay. So I think like one of the go-to examples. I, th- I think it's Christ in the Gospels where it talks about how I wished. I wish Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Oh, how I wish I could gather you under my wings. Like yeah. a hen gathers her chicklings or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I, it's, it's called a sick metaphor or a simile. <laughs> it's, I can say that just as validly like, oh, parts of speech, right? I can use similes and metaphors yeah. so the cows come home. It doesn't Rest mean Jesus is saying I'm androgynous. Yeah. No, and, and, and I get that. No, I, I just wanted to just do you, Luke. Do you get it? Yeah, no, no so so when we talk about the nature of divinity, you cannot say that God in his divine nature is male or female. That's nonsensical. God is absolute perfection. He can't be a woman or a man. He's often depicted that way for a lot of reasons. But um, And there is, like, the, all the perfections that exist within woman qua woman uh, that men do not possess exist in God, like, absolutely. And so there, there's a the theological or philosophical reason why people want to say father, mother is to express that father doesn't necessarily fully encapsulate God or it's too gender inclusive. The only reason why a priest would use those gender inclusive nouns is because he uh, pronouns is, or uh, yeah, nouns is because he's trying to um, appeal to everyone. And the, the only thing that we would say is, Jesus Christ did not choose to reveal himself that way, nor the Father. He chose to reveal God as Father and Son and Holy Spirit, the bond of love between the two. And that's it. You can't go beyond. You can't correct Mm -hmm. Jesus. Well, Jesus wasn't culturally sensitive enough. Say that again, Father. (laughs) Say that again. Jesus wasn't culturally sensitive enough. You really believe that the Son of God was 100% conditioned by his culture and that's it? That, that's dangerous grounds. When people interpret scripture that way, you know that they're going dangerous places. Now, I'm all in favor of inclusive language where it's appropriate. You know, St. Paul said, brothers, 
but he was referencing the whole Christian community. I don't care if you put brothers and sisters. Some people get really ticked off about that, but I, I think that makes sense for who St. Paul was talking about. But I don't think you should change every male pronoun to, you know, they or um, brothers and sisters because there are some places in, like, for instance, the book of Psalms where once you remove the male pronoun, it ceases to be a prophecy about Jesus, right? So you need to keep that he in. You know, if you just have they or humans or people, then you're going to miss the fact that ah man, you know, is what the psalmist is referencing, a particular man. And so I think that yeah, inclusive language is important, but when a priest says father, mother, they're playing games not with language. They're playing games with uh, the divine self-revealing, and you can't do that. This is what God chose to be called. Hey, I'm God. I'm going to call myself father. Eh, we'd like it if you call yourself something different. Aesthetic theological, or the aesthetic theologic. I think that's how Hans or von Balthasar would talk about that and put words into his mouth. <laughs> Meaning so, what? Like uh, the your aesthetic, your you, you like who your aesthetic, your view on, on the world informs your theology or how you want to view the theology as opposed to your theology informs how you see the world. And so like what happens is you... Yeah, deny complete inversion that you don't like, and it's just a projection of yourself. Yeah, I mean, so Feuerbach, uh, atheist, said famously, "If God didn't exist, and we we would have invented him anyway, and that's what we did." But I I think Dr. Hahn had this great comeback to that, where he said, "But we, if we made God in our own image and likeness, you know, this oh, I'm scared of lightning. I'm going to believe in a lightning god, and he's mad at me, so I'm going to try to control the world around me." by worshiping a lightning god and blah, blah, blah. We never would have created the god of Christianity and Judaism. We never would have created an all-knowing, all-seeing, all-perfect, never-changing, perfectly holy, perfectly just god who knows how unholy and unjust we are at any moment, and there's no hiding from that god, and that god can never change, right? Like, we would never have created that god. So I I think you're right, man. The thing that really pisses me off is when people use biblical names but in a non-biblical way, meaning in order to avoid the exclusive language of male-gendered terms, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they say creator, redeemer, and sanctifier. Have you ever heard that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. I'm not, not too often, but yeah. Uh, creator, redeemer, and sanctifier is one of the worst things you can do because it inverts the whole point of religion, which says God is who he is in and of himself and is thus worthy of all praise. But God in relation to me is what then you're saying from that point on. That's what that's all God's worth is. He is not the father from all eternity. He's my creator, my redeemer, my sanctifier. He has no identity, name, value unless it's in relation to the creature. And that makes zero freaking sense. It relativizes the absolute and absolutizes the relative, you and me. Yeah, totally. You you reduce God to what he can do for you. So. All right, uh, question two. How do we build community outside of a friend group? We started Radical Communities three weeks ago. By Luke, my what's book. Radical Communities? What's that? I don't know. AscensionPress.com. Oh, dude, speaking of Ascension Press, really quick. Number one in religion and spirit and, and spirituality, that's a big deal, man. What are, you, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yo, there's a great <laughs> podcast with my friend, Dave Van Vickle called Every Knee Shall Bow, number one on iTunes. In, we in, beat in Joel Osteen. Spiritual. 
Look at that. All it took was just getting rid of me. Who knew? <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, it's fair. Oh, fair. so funny. No, it went. It, it Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. It uh, yeah. It's 20 minutes, 30 minutes long, and it's focused just on evangelization. It's fun. I tell you it's good, but I haven't I haven't um, listened to it yet. Not out of spite. Just I don't listen to a lot of religious podcasts, so sorry. But I will. <laughs> I need to. I love Dave. Uh, I love you. I love, I love Dave, Dave and I like you, and I'll tolerate Ascension Press. <laughs> no, no. If anything, I love Ascension Press. Luke Carey83 at gmail.com. Enjoy Dave. Tolerate you. <laughs> Damn it. Just saying, the idea for Catching Foxes was mine, Ascension Press. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see where this is going. Uh, do you want to sell Catching Foxes to them? They'll buy. No. They'll buy in a heartbeat. <laughs> no, I would never. Uh, I guess I would. I'd sell out all, I'd sell out all of you. Um, <laughs> you were all for sale in my eyes. All of you. <laughs> um, what are you, they, Facebook? I have used every part of my life to throw onto this podcast to get people to listen. <laughs> hey, guys, want to get tattoos? Hey, tattoo guy, you ever heard of Catching Foxes? <laughs> it's like the tattoo parlor of Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> Except, you know, less pinup girls. Yeah, no kidding. No yeah. kidding. Less pinup girls and demon skulls. But, yeah. you know, edgy. It's like Still not edgy. so much more Ed Hardy, yet people who would wear Jenko jeans in high school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. I wore those Jenkos. I never had. I had a Tommy Hilfiger carpenter jeans. All right. Um, uh, I had. Sorry, I was trying to think of what mine was called. Painter jeans. I had painter, painter jeans. That's right. Painter jeans. And they had a little loop for your loop, paintbrush. No, that's what I was. I'm thinking of was the painter jeans. Do you remember the loop, man? Oh, I remember the loop. Oh God, I hope that makes a comeback. <laughs> I could use some more cargos. I could use some. Oh man, that little painter loop thing. I forgot about. That was so cool. Remember how cool that was? Yeah, until you would get it snagged on every desk, doorknob, yeah. you know, all that stuff. I ripped every single one that I owned. Every single one. Woe is me. I remember being so excited when I got my first pair of jeans that had that. I was so excited. <laughs> Look, Mommy, people will accept me. No, Luke, they won't. Not with that perm. Mom! <laughs> That's exactly how it went, too. Um, you're supposed to love me unconditionally. Shut up, liberal. Mom! <laughs> By the way, I think you're gay. <laughs> what? <laughs> you too? I mean, what? <laughs> Mom, this is the fifth time in a month you told me if I'm gay, you're still going to love me. What are you trying to say? Why didn't she do that? Uh, yeah, at least two different occasions. When I was a kid. <laughs> she always said it was because she would hear a thing. And this is really sweet. She'd hear a thing in the news about like a gay kid who got beat up and his parents were angry. They, his parents like, you know, he had like run away from home because his parents said, oh. don't, don't live in my house. And she always go, just, just so you know, however you decide to like, I'm going to live your life. I will still love you. And I was like, thanks. Do you think I'm gay? <laughs> <laughs> like, gotta, or like <laughs> that's there i was like i'm very attracted to women mom i'm not i mean uh mom anyway. i, I kind of got a problem with this mom i am <laughs> really attracted to women i'm i'm a i'm a man's man i mean a woman's man i don't know what i am i'm so confused mom you did this to me mom i'm 15 i've had a crush on the same girl since third grade so i'm not really sure what you're really getting oh my at gosh here. what is her name 
What is Don't her name? Going into that. Not going into yes. that. Yes. Say it. Not going into that. I can picture her face right now. Guys, Luke had a crush uh, on this woman that controlled his existence. He talked about it for years. It's not true. I didn't talk about it for years. I got over it once, like, halfway through our freshman year, I got over with. But I had yeah, to live with the fact that it was, like, a reality for, like, another year or two. <laughs> and I would think about yeah. it, see her. Every time we'd see her, I'd be like, because I would go to Luke's house all the time. All the time, because my family lived 24 hours away and his four hours away. So we would go to the mighty Dayton to Oakwood, and I'd hang out with his family and play video games in the basement. And there he would talk about her. Yeah, her. The one that got away. Ex-boyfriends have that, and serial killers have that. I I, I also had a moment, too, where I could have have sealed the deal in high school and totally blew it. What what do you mean by sealed the deal? I remember having the specific point we were hanging out and in my head, I, I was like, this is where you kiss her, Luke. Like right now, this is where you do it. Like you are like right there. This is where you do it. This is where you do it. You're going for it. And, and I didn't do it. And I was just like, oh yeah, I, that's when I, that is when I know I completely entered into the friend zone in, in hindsight. <laughs> so it wasn't third through 12th grade or whatever before that <laughs> no she just thinks i'm a really good friend but she's probably interested in me as no, long as i like... keep doing platonic things with her hey you want to exactly. go hiking and and cross stitching together that's what six-year-old me thought just do whatever she wants you to do and it's fine man go and hang out with, i mean i would go to her house and hang out with her family when she wasn't there no oh, gosh you were one of those people yeah i was such i was such good friends with her family oh luke i mean to the point where like when we were in like college and like afterwards it was like i just loved them as you know it was just yeah. like it it stopped because i remember i kind of was like no i'm gonna tell her that like i like her and so i sent her this i am thing our freshman year after talking with like you yeah, guys this is such a dated thing so after we had a big talk and i was like no i'm <laughs> gonna tell her and i was like hey um i like you you know that i like you i want you to know that i really like you and she pretty much responded with yeah, I just think if a thing was supposed to happen between us, it would have it would have already happened. It would have happened when you were sixteen. Remember that one party we were at? You totally should have kissed me then. Oh well, no. It was, ju- it was just me and her hanging out in like her like her like living room. I was like three inches from her face, and I, we were just kind of um, talking. And I was like, "This is it." Why man. were you three inches it. from her face? Why I don't were know. You so That's close to her face, part. you freak. I don't know. It was so weird. We were just like having like a really deep <laughs> conversation at like sixteen or seventeen. So I think I'm even dating, and I know I think I may have been <laughs> dating another girl as well at the time, which is why I didn't. Maybe. What if it was my mom? Were you dating my mom? Are you my I dad? <laughs> <laughs> what is your mom's name again? Is it Barb? No, Barb's your boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who listens to the show? Hi, Barb. <laughs> Or should oh, yeah. I say mom? Hi, Barb. <laughs> I, 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 I've met Barb like three times over the past 20 years. And every time that I um, meet her, I think we're always like, have we met? Maybe. Hi. Oh, come on. Come on. No, I'm just kidding. I, I think last time I saw it, we're like, oh, yes, we've met before. That's what it's like when you. I meet your boss. You know, Schnur always acts <laughs> like he don't know me. I'm like, Archbishop, we're buddies. And he's like, never <laughs> met you before. I don't know you. Um, <laughs> Oh, you speak quickly and bluntly. I like you. That's why we're golfing buddies. (laughs) I did not think we were going to end up talking about Tristan Sellers tonight on the podcast. Oh, I did. I I have have it written down on a piece of paper that I put in an envelope (laughs) three years ago. 
And it says, sometime before 2019, preferably in December, on the feast day of Our Lady Guadalupe, bring up Tristan. <laughs> do, do you remember when me, you, and Matt, because, like, we would go to her house like, half the time that we were in town. And she had a sister who was in high school at the time. And we were, like, hanging out there and, like, hanging out with her sister and her family at her house. And you and Matt told her that, like, I liked her. And she was like, what? <laughs> and, and, like, you two were like, yeah, you don't know this? <laughs> Like, <laughs> wait we told her sister that you like tristan yeah yeah and she was just like what no no and you guys were like yeah <laughs> why do you think he's been coming here a lot for the past four years <laughs> yeah. why do you think he practically moved it why do you think he comes over when she's not even here to hang out with her parents why do you I think she really... started calling her parents mom and dad <laughs> i really did like her I mean, her parents were awesome Hey, can I ask you a question? This is a very yeah. important question. No, it's fine. Okay, here we go. Your in-laws, Luke. Mm-hmm. Okay, would you ever, ever, or what do you think about people who call their in-laws mom and dad? Oh, I, I think it's great. <sighs> okay. You don't like it. I just don't understand it. My buddy Brian does it. I made a lot of jokes to Brian that... During this town hall, we did another town hall at my church, by the way, about the sex abuse scandal. It was horrific. I'm going to ask you, like, do you think that's ever a good idea? Yeah, I think it's always a great idea. Hmm, okay. <laughs> and I'm but, sure it's like a brutal thing to in- endure, but that's fair. <laughs> yeah, people, uh, anywho, we, uh, Brian was on our first town hall. And he was like, his, his father-in-law asked a question. He's like, uh, yeah, that's my father-in-law. Let me just respond first. And so I was, I was like, that's so weird that you had to call out that he was your father-in-law. But he calls his father-in-law dad. So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm going to call this guy. I'm going to say it. I'm going to call him dad. And sure enough, good old Mike sits in the front row, <laughs> front and center. He's like two feet from me. And the whole time I'm thinking, this is a serious town hall. Do not call him dad. Do not call him dad. <laughs> Anywho, it was ridiculous. But... I don't know how I feel. If my, my, I said to my, uh, my mother-in-law, I said, Anastasia, do you think it's weird? And she's like, yes, you have a mother. You have a father. While I love you, I never want you to call me mother or mom. And I was like, thank you. You were like, Anastasia, you're attractive. Do you think it'd be weird if I called you mom? <laughs> Luke, you're literally the worst person on the face of the earth. <laughs> and I'm leaving all of this in so that our community can shame you. <laughs> Whatever. We all talked about it. You guys' wedding. I think I, talk, I, think I talked about it with Shannon the last time I was at your place. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Oh, these are conversations that matter with context. Because <laughs> right now being on a podcast, that's unnerving. <laughs> I think Shannon probably let me do you remember what Shannon said when you said that to her? I'm trying to remember. She was like, Oh yeah, I know. Or like um something like that. Yeah. I don't know how it got I don't know how we were talking about it, but it was just really funny. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> Is this when you were in town for uh the um Yeah, because like you went and like um it's 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 like always nice because cause, like a, 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 every time that I'm in town, me and Shannon always have a good twenty minutes or so where like you're gone doing a thing and we just get to talk and like <laughs> catch up you know she, she tells me nothing on like her life type about what's going on and like my life something like, i tell her her mom's hot <laughs> and somehow that got i can't remember how that got brought up but i swear oh, you're so funny 
You are too much. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's the catching boxes that I know and love. Your advice to men in the, in the, uh, in the friend zone. Just get over it. Just get over it. You got, you got it. You got to let it go. Don't do a desperate plea. Just try to kiss her. And if it doesn't work out, just go. You got to move on. <laughs> try to kiss her. You're going right for that. Okay. Just do it. Just do it. And if it works out, awesome. If not, just, you just gotta, like, you gotta take a hard look. And go, okay. Like, well, how'd I get in this spot? What, um, what a need am I trying to fill by being, um, by being friends with this girl? And like how to get to this point where I have feelings for a girl that I'm not in a relationship with and where I'm not trying to pursue her. Yeah. Uh, you know, and because, you know, it's it's like really one of two things have happened. Either she has rejected you and you just haven't like moved on or you've just uh, made yourself into and I mean, to be blunt, an unattractive person. But not in a bad way, just in the sense that, like, they, you, you you don't have, like, a sexual appeal. And that can even not – that isn't necessarily even due to, like, looks. It's just more due to the emotional connection that you guys have. You know, you're basically a non-gay, gay best friend. Do you think men and women can be friends? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I think it's e- – yeah, because I mean, there are tons of girls that, like, I'm friends with. Especially, like yeah. – um, I, I don't, I know, I, I think in college I would have answered differently, but I think in college I wasn't, I was still just like, a, I was just trying to grow. I think as a mature adult now, I think it can be told, I think there are, there are lines, there are like definite lines. I think there are lines that in college I would have crossed that now I won't, yeah. Yeah. you know, certain, um, certain jokes that I would make or like different things like that. that I just wouldn't do now. Things that I would talk about, things that I would like share with them that I just don't do because I just don't think it's appropriate, especially as a as a married man. Yeah, you know, but um, I don't know. Like, I take someone like our friend we had on the podcast, our, our friend, like our, our friend uh, Sarah. She's someone that I'm really good friends with that I've just never had feelings for. Um, who's just been a part of our like friend group, and we're just really tight. We've just been through a lot together. I've you know I've known her since. 2004 you know we're just she's been around yeah just good friends how about you what do you think yeah i know i got a lot of lady folk friends but obviously i'm married so it's not like hey girls let's go out clubbing shannon she's gonna stay home with the kids i don't know but where do you draw the line like where do you like where does that like like where do you like where is that line you i mean it's i don't know if there's, there's like a conscious thing you have to do per se like uh for me there is yeah i mean is. here's the deal i'm a male who works for the church right there's freaking lines all over the place so i meet with hmm. uh it is uh never do i meet with a woman where my wife does not 100 percent know about it i mean i have to meet with a lot of people for my job right mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have to yep. keep confidence with what people share with me all the time. So, uh, that said, I have friends at work who are the lady folk, but I would never in a million years put myself in a compromising position where someone could be like, "Well, I felt like he was, you know, blah blah blah." That'll, I'll make damn sure that phrase would never oh, yeah. be uttered about me. Yep. Um, so 
some of the stuff that I do is I'm never, um, I'm I'm never out with a woman where my wife wouldn't know about it 100%. But I never go, you know, and it's always for work. So if I'm going somewhere with someone, they're either meeting me privately in my office, which has a window that's the busiest hallway in the world, or we'll go out and meet up for coffee if they don't feel comfortable being on the church campus. But my wife will know, and then I'll go there and have that conversation. I've never, there's, I'm not, I'm not having dinner alone with one other woman. I don't even do that with other men because, quite frankly, I'm so scared of my own sexuality. I just don't even want to <laughs> risk it. Don't even want to risk it. I mean, I have heard women say that they they hate that double standard, right? Like, there's the whole Billy Graham. He was famous for it, and I think Mike Pence does it too. Like this whole, mm-hmm. I'm never alone with a woman. Um, and it's kind of like that whole safe environment kind of taken to extreme. So it's like when we like, oh, so you'll go out with our male coworker to dinner privately or to lunch privately, but you won't go out with a female coworker. That puts the female coworker at a significant disadvantage. And that's true. But I, I mean, Paige Ingersoll is a rock star human person and I've gone out to lunch with her a bunch of times, just me and her. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of a difference. Um, it's I, you know I, I I won't ever tell anyone that that is wrong. In fact, I I admire that, and I'm more inclined to agree that it's probably right to do what? Um, like to like not not right. Sorry, that, that might sound like wrong. Um, going out to dinner with a, a woman alone. I understand. I, I think there's something that is that um is noble about that. Um, but I, I then I understand. The other side of like, well, you put this woman at a disadvantage, especially within your job or your yeah. career or something like that, and and like because like that um, networking stuff is so important. Yeah, but I would also you know? see it the same way. Like if the woman was an executive or a director, or a leadership position, going out, you know, in an evening dinner with another man alone, if one of them was married, I would see that as problematic. If neither of them are married, I wouldn't see it as problematic. But you know. Yeah, yeah. You got to be I mean, here's the reality. You got to be careful with sex and sexuality and you got to be careful with other people's feelings. Because in today's climate, it's not like everyone wants to have sex with each other all the time, right? But and so I think it's wrong to think like, "Oh, you can't go out and have dinner with a totally professional dinner without being it being about sex." I don't think that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you just don't want to put yourself in a compromising position. But at the same time, I could totally sympathize with anyone who would say so you're just screwing over half the population work-wise so it is hard i don't know it's, if i yeah. do go out to dinner with a woman one-on-one my wife would 100 percent know about it i would probably invite my wife <laughs> it's just yeah. a sticky situation man i don't i don't here's the problem man the whole me too thing has opened up so many people's eyes to like appropriate inappropriate intimidation power games and all that stuff i never want to be caught on the wrong side of that if i have another woman with me who's like dude you just made an inappropriate comment i want to be called out in front of someone so it's like oh my gosh i didn't know rather than have that woman internalize that and think ill of me rather than well i mean she's gonna think ill of me because she's gonna think i'm an idiot you know what i mean like i would rather have some sort of mechanism in place but in a million years, I would never go. I would never be alone with a woman without my wife's explicit knowledge and permission. Oh yeah, and no, no, no. I, you, I totally agree with that. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. 
And if you're a woman and you're married, you shouldn't do the same with a, with a man. Yeah. But I'm sure it's harder for women because executives are men, you know, courting you for a job or something. Job. You see, like, that's I know. the thing. Like, what if you're, okay, so I've been having, I've had to travel a lot for work and I'm uh, probably gonna, going to continue to, to happen. And I actually really do enjoy that. For, for the, it's, it's hard to be away from Aaron, but I, I, when I'm gone, I like traveling. So anyway, I don't know why I brought that up. Um, right. You know, and I could see myself in the future where, like, what if I'm in a job where it's me and I, ha- and I have, like, a female coworker. We're staying at the same place. We're going to go grab, like, going to go grab, like, breakfast before we go out to our meeting or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't think that's wrong because right, you're in, like, right, a public right. place. Yeah. But what's the difference between that and dinner? Well, you're a little bit more intimate setting. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Setting, yeah. Yeah. Anywho, yeah. Okay. Uh, I I don't know how this episode's turning out. What do you think, Luke? Um, I think it's. I think there's some. I think editing's going to be a little bit of a pain. Fuck! I got so much work tomorrow. <laughs> hey. Okay. Well, let's then let's do let's let's walk through this. Luke, me, and you take a deep breath. <sighs> let's plow through this. Okay. What did you think about the Avengers Endgame trailer? Hell yeah! It was perfect. It was perfect. It was awesome. Perfect. Per- I love the music at the beginning. I love that kind of music. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> so you like the desperate Tony Stark situation? Oh, recording yeah. himself dying, leaving a last love message to Miss Putts. And uh, do you know? So, so the uh, the space thing, the space thing, the space of a ship that he's on—that is the Guardians space of the Galaxy <laughs> space spaceship. And when yep. they have it out in space after that, it looks like a sparrow. I believe I believe it's a sparrow. I could be wrong. It might not be a sparrow. That might be completely wrong. It looks like the type of bird that when you, if you were a sailor, you would get that tattoo once you were done to show that you that like you were, that you were a sailor once. Really, mm-hmm. not an albatross. Is it an albatross? What's an? Albatross? I mean, it's that famous rhyme of the ancient mariner. No, I don't know. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm just saying. I saw a thing on Reddit, and it was cool. Oh, okay, okay. Anything else I should know about um, the trailer? Any other Easter eggs? Uh, bu- 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 bu. Uh, the great thing about- is how the phrase "Endgame" has been used so many times in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. That that up there—that's the end. Game. That's the end game. So it was first used in what episode? Gosh, episode. What is it? Star Wars? Uh, Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Him and uh, Captain America are arguing over the fact that Tony just tried to create artificial intelligence without getting their say-so to engage the Ultron initiative. And obviously it goes horrible, and Captain America is yelling at him. And also he gives that great line every time. No, it's not at that point. But anyway, they're arguing over it, and he's like, why did you do this? And he's like, because what if we lose? Then we'll do that together too, right? Ooh, Mm. endgame, ooh. And Age of Ultron is also where you're introduced to Scarlet Witch, and she gives that apocalyptic vision of Ragnarok, which we have the Thor movie of, and of. Yeah, I mean, um, it was a it wasn't that was the vision yeah. for it. What ended up being a different movie, <laughs> but yeah, a yeah. zany buddy comedy about the end of the world. Ragnarok. Yeah, so it's super interesting, but I'm uh, I really like the trailer. So now looking at. They've moved it to April. Wasn't it originally summer? Yeah, it was May. 
It was May. Well, now it's moved up to April, which is really close to Captain Marvel. What do you think about that? It's like a, it's like a month, right? Yeah, yeah. Marvel's coming out in March, and that's coming out in April. Does uh, Disney have anything coming out in? Because no, well, well, here's the thing: <laughs> the Lion King. Uh, so you feel good about the the trailer? I love the trailer. I thought the trailer was great because it didn't show you everything about the movie. The only part I kind of got a little apprehensive. Yeah, the only part I got a little apprehensive is where Captain America basically says something like, uh, "If this plan, this plan, it's got to work. This plan's got to work." So you're like, "Okay, well, they got some plan going." And but I mean, it's not a lot, but it was enough to make me go, "Uh, yeah, okay." But they didn't reveal anything. You didn't see anything other than Thanos's armor hanging up like a scarecrow, which is straight from the comic books. I'm excited about that. Um, so the juxtaposition with Marvel, we had uh, good old Sarah, and she said, "How do you think uh, the scrolls come into play in Endgame after seeing both new trailers? Also, should I watch the Endgame trailer before the movie? I've been planning on going in blind, but I want to watch it so badly. I would say you're totally safe to watch the Endgame trailer." Yeah, agree I would disagree. Agree. No, I I uh, would totally agree. I think it's yeah, and that's what I that's I kind of had a feeling based upon things they said they're going to promote this unlike any other film they have in the past, and I think I think this is all we're going to see of it. Oh yeah, I think I think that's it. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they want us to see any footage or anything else. Yeah, I think that that's it. I think that's smart because anything they show you is going to spoil it. And who the frick alive doesn't know this movie's coming out? I mean, this is going to be... I mean, the last movie was the promo for this movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? And it just... I don't know. Just the tone of it. Like, the tone of that trailer. And, like, trailers often lie. So there's that. Or or can get you, like, hyped up for a story. Like, a film that, like, sucks. But I think tone's a hard thing to fake in a trailer. I could be totally wrong about this. Now that I think about it. But I think... If if Avengers uh, Infinity War was like can be likened to episode five of Star Wars, right? The Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. depressing, depressing, ends on a low note. Ends on a low note. Angs. That's a new word. Um, do you think Avengers Endgame is going to have Ewoks? <laughs> it's or a Disney Ewok-like property. Like characters. It's a Disney property. Dink, dink. Dink, 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 dink. They should also buy the rights to Spaceballs so yum, that yum. They, they can own all the satire around their properties as well. <laughs> dink, dink. Num. We got the young, num, young, num, feminine, num. This episode is gone off the rails. All right. Um, <laughs> Funny, she doesn't look Druish. Okay, Sarah, so I think you are safe to watch it. Now, Luke, what about the scroll question? Do you think the scrolls from Captain America are going to make their presence felt in uh, this movie? Probably. I don't want them to because I don't like that kind of retconning. I'm not a fan of that. Um, I get why it happens in the comic books. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with that in, in movies. Uh, I think now, the movies are different. Yeah. But remember, the scroll movie with Captain Marvel takes – what if they t- well, we can't have a woman running this show. We're going to call it the scroll movie. Um, now, what if Captain Marvel, because it's taking place in the 90s, has nothing to do with Infinity War or in uh, Endgame, except that she's out in the universe, I'm that she's a, a known quantity, and the 
scrolls are like aim right you remember aim uh mm-hmm. was it aim right in uh iron man 2 or iron man 3 advanced no, mandarin no advanced idea mechanics yeah uh, aim that it's okay. just a one-stop villain it's like whiplash it, they're not going to come that's back that's true that's what a lot of their they're villains not... have been actually yeah yeah i mean most villains are one act lame-ass villains except for hydra that has made multiple appearances but Hydra's and, such a big villain, though. In the, yeah, but so is AIM. I mean, I don't know. But I, I'm not a big comic book guy. And I knew yeah. who Hydra was. Right, okay. Hail Hydra. Is, would you put the scrolls on the level of Hydra? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because they came out with Avengers, the, the second group of Avengers, the new Avengers. And uh, one or two of them were scrolls. And they didn't know they were scrolls. They were sleeper scrolls. So why don't you Woo! explain to the people what the, what the scrolls are? Oh, yeah. So if you haven't watched the Captain Marvel person uh, trailer person, uh, the alien group called the scrolls are shape-shifting aliens. And so they're invading Earth, but they do by first by sending out their alien force and shape-shifting and all this stuff. And Captain Marvel, who the movie seems to introduce, is she a human? Is she a scroll? Is she a Kree alien you don't know? And uh, so she comes, and she's fighting the Kree Scroll War. There's a great war. So there's a great scene where she walks up to a grandmother. The grandmother smiles at her, and then she just punches her as hard as she can in the face. And when my kids saw that trailer, they were like, what? And then the grandmother jumped up and kicked her and did like a flip. And they were like, oh, it's weird. Okay. You're like, so, daddy's introduced you to comic books way too young, kids. Buckle up. <laughs> Do you like comic book ultraviolence? Let's watch this. So Rebecca asks, how do we build community outside of a friend group? We started Radical Communities three weeks ago, but I've struggled finding people who want to hang out with us, even when we just host board game tournaments. Give Number up. It's one, all hopeless. Quit hosting board game tournaments. Start hosting vodka Rick tournaments. tournaments. <laughs> um no, if you want to know how to build community outside of a friend group, number one, start with the friend group. Chances are most of your friends, whenever you guys get together, even if you're all Catholic, you don't pray together. So do the radical communities for four weeks and pray together and do that stuff. Number two, uh, start inviting people your age when you're at church. Invite them over to your house. Say, hey, we're having a group of friends. Come over. If you're new to the area, blah, 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 come over for dinner. It's amazing how a potluck can disarm people. Because everyone wants to know more people in their in their area, right? Number two, mm-hmm. number two, where you living, girl? Where you living, Rebecca? Where you living? You got some people your age uh, on the street? Go knock on the door, introduce yourself, break them a pie. Everyone loves pie. Bake them a pie. pie. We had the people across the hall came over and introduced themselves, and they gave us beer. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're confusing me. What are you doing? I should be doing this. I'm Catholic. I'm horrible. Oh. And, <laughs> and then you find out that they just opened a craft brewery down the street, and the wife sells essential oils. Now they're your best friends. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, honestly, I would invite neighbors. If you can't, if, if, you don't have to have more than four people. And But if you want to get new people, then the next step is you go to your pastor. You say, okay, pastor, this is what I think we should do. Here's this plug-and-play freaking scaffolding. Offer it up. Say, hey, we want to get women's groups together, men's groups together, couples groups, and singles groups. We want it up. We want it running. We want all different ages, or we want specific ages. 
You can craft the group however you want, however you think your parish needs it. So if you go to a parish where there's like 18 young people and the rest are the next generation up from you, then you might want to do an intergenerational group. The best Bible study I've ever been a part of was the men's Bible study of St. Lawrence in Sugarland. Like, those guys are my boys, and it was all intergenerational stuff. Don't just think you need to hang out with other young adults. But if you want to hang out with other young adults, you got to invite people from other parishes. you got to invite people from other fr- – your friend group probably has friends and groups of friends in other groups. Tell them to come. Say, listen, we're going to do free food and watch a man uh, stretch out a fabric of a shirt until the buttons are about to pop, but not quite. Let's see if they pop. Let's watch these videos. I realized my shirt was a little too tight, too tight in the film. Yeah, I know. You're fine. So, Luke, what do you think about the Medjugorje apparitions? No, for, uh, no, there's for no real reason. People I really like about, I really like about, people that, <laughs> that I really like that are all into it, and I trust them. And there are people that... I really like that are very skeptical, and I trust them. And so I say take it with a grain of salt, but I definitely think God is doing some stuff there. Your opinion? I went to Medjugorje. You did, and what happened? A woman told me I was Mary's favorite. Anyways, moving on. And that everyone would become better people if they followed me. (laughs) Don't forget that part, Luke. It's a true story, everyone. The best part is I went there with our friend Adam, his wife, his now wife. They weren't dating or anything at the time. And she, I had totally forgotten Adam. And I was visiting them in San Antonio. And she goes, oh, here comes Mary's favorite. And I was like, that's what I made everyone call me after that. That's right. You always brought it up. I did. Every chance I could get. Oh, man. I'm a victim soul, Luke. I'm a victim soul. Uh, so how I feel about the Medjugorje. So I haven't read anything about what the apparitions actually say. There was a time in my life when my mom was like super into apparitions and end time stuff. And I read a bunch of those books and I hate them now. I like despise that stuff in the Catholic church. There's some legit prophecy stuff, middle ages, tragedy, triumph, whatever that book is, trial, trial and the triumph, something like that. I, I despise non-approved private revelation because I think people become unduly fixed on it because of the sensationalism. And I don't know if people know this, but there's a guy named St. Paul and he wrote a bunch of letters far more interesting. And they're sensational. There's a dude having sex with his dad's wife in in the Corinth church. That's sensational people. That is daytime TV crap. (laughs) Read that. (laughs) Read the scriptures. Listen, Teresa of Avila says you want a miracle. Watch. uh, What was it? You want to hear God speak to you, read scripture. You want to see a miracle, uh, go to mass. Like, I believe that. So with Medjugorje, I was there. There was oil coming out of a statue. I don't think they built a fake statue, but it was definitely pumping out oil from the heart wound. So that was Mm -hmm. pretty intense. Uh, I saw lights dancing across the mountain in the middle of the night. Uh, It could have been a person with a lantern, but that doesn't make sense. So... It was pretty intense, but other than that, I had no experiences, you know, short of a woman telling me I was Mary's favorite. Um, Luke, are we ever going to do those YouTube videos as promised on our pledge page? Uh, That's the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. Before we did the Patreon page, we had a very wise friend whose name might might rhyme with uh, Nat Mrad. Um, Nat Rad Mother <laughs> Nat Rad here to party <laughs> The door just burst open 
I'm from New Zealand. <laughs> what? Nat Fred. Nat Fred from New Zealand. Nat Rad. Nat, Nat Rad. Rad. Nat Rad gonna drink some beer. Gonna hang out with Frodo. <laughs> kiwi. Kiwi. Go on. <laughs> I feel like doing that that angry dance for the the war dance, you know, that the rugby team, the blacks do. I like to eat pizza with my friends. Cultural appropriation, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are we are like white guys, so we can get away with it somehow. Oh, it's horrible. Um, okay, what the hell was I saying? I don't know, Luke. Quite frankly, you disgust me. How come yeah. we don't have uh, YouTube videos, YouTube videos like we promised? Okay, so our friend, um, what do we call him again? Matt Rad. Nat Rad. Matt Rad. So Matt. Nat Rad. Nat Rad. <laughs> this is so shitty. We're terrible. Nat Rad said, keep your Patreon really basic. Don't have any complex things. Keep it as simple and as basic as you can. We didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> or we thought we were. And it is overwhelming how much work it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is so, so overwhelming. You think, why? It's just like posting on Facebook. It is not. It is not it is like not. just posting it is on not. Facebook. It is, we're st- we still have to. We've done. We've done. Oh, gosh. Okay, what have we done? We've added stuff to the drinking game. But then we never did anything with it. <laughs> but we did take their rules for it. I think we. And then what else? Yeah, there was just a lot of stuff that we're like, okay. And it's, it's actually like, oh, my gosh. We don't have the time to do this. Um <laughs> And and, and 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 it's not even the fact that you don't have the time. You just see kind of how like, well, this isn't practical. Yeah. Like if, if that, there's there's this no like, you just do it and then it just goes like nowhere. And so we've kind of backed off of some of that stuff. Not I don't think with any bad bad intentions. We should probably take it down. Some of the promises. No um, man, we can do this. We can make a YouTube video. No, we do not have time. We do not have time to do that. We can do it, Luke. No, we don't. We don't. We'll call we, Jason. We have a poor guy who wants to, like, edit it for us, and we still haven't been able to get back to him. About we'll call Jason. Day. We'll do it, guys. We'll I'll do, do it. it if we get – okay, I'm all about if we get 5000 a month, then I really would because then we could, like, justify the time. Yeah. But, like, right now – like, think about it. You still have to – like, because that, that, would, that would mean that you could stay home another weekend a month. Yeah. You know, and um, I wouldn't have to, like, I could, not that I'm going out every month or anything like that, but, like, I could say in my calendar, okay, I have to, like, one weekend a month, I've got to devote to catching foxes. You know, that has to happen. Um, So I think I think we should probably, because I, I just think, like, if we're being really, like, we just didn't know what we were doing, and we're really sorry about that. <laughs> I feel really bad about this, actually, really bad. One of the things that we can do is we're doing a series of live shows. Now, the first live show that we are doing of 2019 is going to be in January at Seek. Okay? So that's one of the things that we're going to do. So we will be at Seek. We're going to do a live show. Me and Luke want to do a meetup, but we don't know where to do it. We don't know what to do for it, right? Yeah. Don't you want to do, like, an after party, like, after the Seek stuff ends on Thursday night or Friday night to do a pajama jammy jam? On Thursday night would probably be the best time to do it, and the place we were going to do it is very expensive. So, Knights of Columbus Hall, ladies and gentlemen, Knights Turns of Columbus out, Hall, very nice. 
A little not, too nice for us. Not the hole in the nice. wall that we were hoping for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out it's an historical landmark that they've done up good for wedding receptions. Yeah. Um, so, anywho, so I would love to do something like that. So, if you're going to seek, email us, reach out to us, and just say, hey, what 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 is this going to look like? Like, I want to go drink beer because I am fasting from all alcohol for Advent, for the Christmas season, except when I'm hanging out with Luke at Seek. Okay. I've given it all up. It's been very difficult. Had a couple parties for Christmas. It was very difficult, but I held true. However, I, yeah, no, man, I'm a rock star. But I want to make this. Um, I want to make this awesome. So seek in January. That's going to be a live podcast. But then in February, I think we're allowed to talk about this. We're going to go to Atlanta. Now Ooh. I would love to do if anyone in Atlanta has a event that they would like to bring Catching Foxes and do a Catching Foxes show, maybe we can talk about that, oh, say, President's Day weekend. Mm. Right? But then we're going to do something with Matt Frad, who's in Atlanta. That's all I'm going to say. That's February. March, Luke is flying down to Houston. I'm driving him to Dallas. We're going to be at Prince of Peace Catholic Church in Plano, Texas. Prince of Peace in Plano. Triple P's coming at you. We can say that, right? Yeah, because we've, yeah, 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 yeah. And they and we're doing a thing on the scandal, which apparently is all we know how to talk about. So <laughs> because every dang episode is all about that, um, summer of scandal. Uh, so we're going to be there in March, and then in April we're going to be in San Diego. That's awesome. Yeah, no, we're doing it every month from yeah. now until oh my gosh, and then we we need a thing in May. We need a thing in May. Thing in May. So we're, I think we're, we should we are, go. I, I think it's time to go to Jersey. I think it's time to go to Jersey. I want to go to Jersey. I want to go to Manhattan so badly. Manhattan. That'd be awesome. Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, New York, New Jersey. Brandon, we want to come out there. You got to help us put it together in May. Brandon. Brandon. According to the San Diego guy, we are cheap. What's that? According to the San, the guy who's bringing us out in (laughs) San Diego, he was surprised at how uh, cheap we were. Then Then did you clear your throat and say, oh, that's per person. (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly no i was like no man because we suck <laughs> we... i was like no promises no i'm just kidding we're awesome uh and so then my in... hope is my hope is that when we're in california i don't know the 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 full travel schedule i want to add an extra day and see if i can make it up up the coastline and you know we could do something else but um go to yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be in that area that's gonna be awesome so may is open i want to book something in may can we go to disneyland in Anaheim, I know that's you closer hate to San Disney. Diego, mm-hmm. but I love Disney. Yeah, I mean, no, it's pointless waste of time, but we can do that. Sure. Wait, will the Star Wars land be open? I don't know. I don't know. You'll have to Google that. Good lord! Then yes, <laughs> the answer is yes. I'll go. Can you imagine that? Two men, grown men, going to Star Wars land, Disney World. I already feel uncomfortable. I feel like a, a creeper, a child molesting creeper, if I'm at Disneyland without my children. <laughs> No, dude, going to Disneyland as an adult is the freaking best. I love it. I mean, but sure. I just imagine you're just in a line and you're waiting for the Matterhorn bobsled or something. And there's a kid eating cotton candy and you're like, you know what? Ain't no one going to stop me. You just reach over and take the top <laughs> of this cotton candy and eat it. Like, whatever, what, kid. <laughs> you want to go? I got a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I'm a, we're building a house. Give me your candy. Yeah. Uh, so John John Nielsen, maybe we can make it north into Orange County. I think it's time will. Bishop Barron invites us out to Santa Barbara. It's time. It's, it's time. time. April. 
Bishop Barron, let's do this. Come on. You love us. He doesn't know who we are. Um, no, he doesn't know who we are, but you know who knows who we are? Who knows Bishop Barron? Brandon Vaughn. Brandon Vaughn. Our old Hero. boy, Brandon. Legend. I like to think that we're like friends now. We've patched it up. I don't think you're friends. You yeah, had a buds. You had a conversation. And then we went out to dinner. And we, oh, we, never we, mind. Withdrawn. Withdrawn. Yeah, we we um, uh, hung out a couple times. Damn, I've actually never met him in person, so you're, <laughs> you win. He's a nice guy. You win. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Doesn't say when will it open 2019. Well, what's in the Catch summer? They, they don't have a date yet for when the Disneyland thing. Okay, then where are we going in June? Where are we going in June? We got nothing in June. Uh, we, we, got nothing, we got nothing after that. We're done. Are, are, what about the big thing? What big thing? Uh, Alaska. Oh, we're going to Alaska in June. <laughs> oh shit i owe her a phone call because she's in anchorage oh crap yes hey oh my we're gosh. gonna go oh, yeah god. anchorage yeah, had well, all that right that all that earthquake oh god bless them yeah she okay. left me a voice if... and said some things have happened we should talk <laughs> so i'm like okay, okay. oh well, no never mind yeah but so this is the funniest story in the world so i get a phone call from a fan a catching foxes fan she works for the young adult office in anchorage alaska she calls me up and she says or she sends me an email and she says, hey, I can't pay you a lot of money, but I can give you a trip to Alaska to come to Anchorage in the middle of the summer, which is awesome for a Houstonian. And she said, and you can bring your wife. We can't pay you a lot, but we can put you up for a couple of days and you can enjoy a vacation while you do this. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. So I turn to my wife and tell her the good news. She goes, eh, take Luke. Oh, I didn't like, know that. Wait, did I? Did what? I, I know that? Yeah, I did I know that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, glad we got to travel on that memory lane with you. Um, But no, she's like, uh, take Luke. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I don't want to go. What are we going to do with the kids? Who cares? Just take Luke. I was like, okay, catching foxes it is. <laughs> <laughs> second My podcast wife. wife. <laughs> second wife, better life. <laughs> Except for the sex part. That's rough. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even face i didn't blink an eye at that oh like, man mm. God, this is such a shitty episode <laughs> this is such a shitty episode <laughs> and this is where it goes off the rails you know what um you know what you need to do what you used to do this and you've stopped and i and i always thought it was funny you need to i mean you're this is yeah anyways i'll talk to you about that other thing the other thing i was going to say in a bit um you need to uh um like put like a like an out of context clip of the show right before the intro. Oh so, yeah, I haven't done that in a long time. Just like when me going like this is such a shitty episode. <laughs> <laughs> there are sometimes it is so late when I'm editing that I don't like I I'm like oh gosh, I've had to make so many like sound tweaks that if I move the the things it's going to ruin how I have the volume levels. So I'm just going to put the intro just really low underneath the beginning. I'm not going to move the beginning out. <laughs> Screw that. Yeah, I know. I need to do that. I need to do that. It's just, it, yeah, whatever. I need to do that. That'd be fun. No, no. If it's a lot of work, don't worry about it. Oh, oh, oh if, if it's a lot of work. Luke, it's four to six hours a week of editing. I know. Is that a lot of work, baby boy? Is that a lot of work, Luke? Okay, here's what I want you to do. And I mean this. I really, really, I want you to do this. On the Patreon stuff, after you, like, split it, I want you to take $100 
from mine and put that towards yours. I think you deserve that for the amount of editing that you do <laughs> every week. I'm serious. I think you should do that. I've been thinking about this. <laughs> I've been thinking about this. Listen, I love you. I love everything about you. Did you realize that in the last two months of Patreon supporters, we've made more money than 2017 combined? Do you know how I know that? Oh, wow. Because I just paid my 2017 taxes. <laughs> there you go. That's that sweet, <laughs> sweet, what you call it? A prison Deferment. felony. <laughs> <laughs> Opportunity to go to jail. Courtesy of the government. <laughs> Hope someone does a ministry to me like I do to them. Probably not, though. More uh, ways than one. Yeah. <laughs> so, funny story. Okay. I pay my taxes on April 14th. Just an astronomical amount that I knew I didn't owe as much, but I just paid it to the government. Because you have to pay your taxes, but you don't have to file. So I filed for an extension. Now, uh, the extension runs out on sometime in October. We'll say October 15th. I get an email on October 1st. and say, hey, we need to wrap up this stuff. All of a sudden, I totally forgot about taxes. An overwhelming wave of anxiety consumed my heart. Is that the worst? And I deal? said, oh, shit, I better not do anything. And I did nothing about my taxes. All month of October comes and goes. And now I say to myself, oh, crap, now I'm late. I'm panicking. And then my wife found a key through my anxiety. Can I tell you what it is? Loving. The opposite, Luke. Withdrawing loving. Yep. Really? I'm, I'm not kidding. My wife said, if you don't turn in our tax paperwork, we are never having sex until you do. So somehow, Luke, I found the wherewithal to overcome my anxiety <laughs> to drive across town in Houston traffic and to give them all of my tax documents today. Who knew? So that's why I wanted to start the podcast the old 30 minutes early. So we could end 30 minutes earlier. <laughs> we went an hour and a half. Yeah, we're, we're probably going to hit two hours before we get something good out of this. <laughs> Wait, so you're going to Houston in the morning? No, I did it today at lunch. I took, instead of going to lunch, oh. I drove my tax documents there. So she's so that waiting I could have for sex. you upstairs. In, 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 as, in every way, shape, or form. Yes. <laughs> I will. So I said to my wife, I go, okay, I turned it all in. She goes, good job. All right, the, the shunning is over. And then <laughs> I said. The I great said, shunning of 2018 is then. <laughs> the Amish rejoice. So then I said to her, okay, honey. What if I turn in all of my paperwork on time for next year? Like, what if I do it, like, early? What if by February 1st, it's all done? And she's like, nothing. Because that's what a responsible adult should do. I was like, damn it! Ah, So, I got nothing. All right, love you, buddy. All right, love you. Uh, you can find Luke at the Luke V. You can find me at Lay Evangelist once in a month. Uh, you can find the show at catchingfoxes.fm. Head over there if you want to see some stuff about how we make this podcast. And if you want to learn a lot more about our podcast, go to patreon.com slash CF for Catching Foxes. Donate a dollar more and you'll get a little bit of uh, info in some of the behind the scenes, funny polls, things that we write. Also, you get to chime in. So we want to thank you. Let's go through the list. Sam Ford, John Nielsen, Brandon Ocampo, Michael Brannigan. And then, oh, no, it cut off the list. Why did it cut? Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca. 
Thank you. All the way up from Canada. Bam. Luke, what's your favorite mid-2000s TV drama? I thought about this one. I don't know. Heroes? Season yes, 1? Yes, 100%. Oh, man. Save the cheerleader. Save, Save the world. world. Oh, such a dramatic thing. If you had only one album to listen to for the rest of your life, what is it? Uh, Catch Frost to the Foxes by Me Without You. 100% agree. 100% agree. Here we go. There you go. Boom. Sarah Lewandowski, Zach Stewart. Thank you all so very much. Rebecca, we got everyone. Boom. We did it. Catching we Foxes it. bump. The, <laughs> the Catching Foxes. Oh, hello. All right, guys. God bless. Take care. Goodbye. Bye. Tax day.